Did I just say that? Did you just say that? This just might get me fired. You're listening to This Just Might Get Me Fired podcast with Shizzy and Crystal. Please don't call her Jones. Hello and welcome to This Might Get Me Fired. I'm your host, Shizzy. And I'm your host, Crystal. We have a lot to talk about today, but first, don't forget to click subscribe and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to share with a friend, hashtag support black women. But first of all, let's catch up a little. Crystal, what's been going on with you, boo? Oh, nothing much. Um, I'm trying to think. Life has been pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm back to trying to online date. Woohoo! And that's cute. Um, where, are you, where are you on? Um, Bumble right now is like the main thing I'm using. Okay. And I also tried black BLK. (laughs) (laughs) But to be honest, most of the men don't look like they have jobs. So I just don't know how that's going to go. Um, I am also just focused on my photo booth company, girl, getting on my grind. I have my first event in the next two weeks. So I'm really excited. Also very nervous. We're going to see. I'm proud of you. I'm excited. I'm Thank excited. You. Any booking since we last spoke? Um, yeah, so I booked one that I have coming up and then also I'm working on a second one. Okay. Um, so you know, I'm trying. My goal is to book one a week. That's a that's a great goal. Yeah, cuz I would be 52 in a year like Ooh. even if they're like spread out, yeah. you know, like if I book one a week at least, that's good money and especially for the rate I'm charging, that's a pretty little penny. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, what's up with you? Girl, you know, just got back from Cancun. Uh-huh. It was such a nice, relaxing trip. First time in Mexico. I definitely want to go back. I mean, um, I feel like I've been selling Mexico to you for <laughs> such a long time. So, that makes me so happy to hear because I personally love Mexico, especially as a Texan. I just yeah. feel like. Why are you not going to Mexico three times a year or four times no, a that, year? There's honestly, no, it makes no sense. It, it does not, honestly. Like, so relaxing, so nice. Um, it was just such a beautiful, like, the water is beautiful. Being in the sand is beautiful. Um, being around my niece and nephew, especially my little niece. Girl, I got a little bit of a baby fever. Like, <laughs> I kind of, you know, want a baby now. You know, of course, with a husband first, but like just she's everything. She's so precious. And it was just nice to just relax, just to be on the water, took some fire, fire pics, you know. You did that you dropped all in one day. Y'all, I'm so annoyed. So she texted me on WhatsApp. She sends me like literally probably like 32 pictures. And so we're going through all of them, picking the ones that, you know, we think are great. And then I put my phone down. I go do some stuff. I come back to my phone like two hours later. 25 of the 32 pictures have already been posted. And I'm like, Chizzy, what is the point of creating content if you're going to post it all in like an hour span? Y'all, it wasn't even an hour. It was, literally, it was like it was 25 like five minutes. minutes between. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, okay, so I have not really posted on on Instagram for like a year and a half. So like, I've completely forgot that you're supposed to space out your content. Like, com- like, it just completely slipped my mind. <laughs> like, so I literally posted all these within like five minutes of each other. And it was like four posts within five minutes of each other. Yeah. And she's like, why didn't you space them out? I'm like, oh. <laughs> you do? And it's like, yes, it is. So yeah, I just dropped them all. But I love the pictures and like my favorite was one of me like on a white one piece and like a yellow cover up just looks so good on my skin. And honey, like 
sometimes you really just got to remind them on social media, like, y'all forgot, like, I'm out here. And so it's so interesting because the interest has definitely picked up, you know. And it was funny because we were in this room recently where they were talking about, like, leading with, like, they were talking about basically how girls try to trap on Clubhouse and might have, like, provocative pictures or whatever. And I think this one girl was like, well, you know, if you post certain pictures, you know, or I don't know if it's a girl or guy, they're like, the guys who come talk to you, they'll just be trying to have sex with you. And this other girl, she's like, well, I be post- I was posting pictures in suits and guys were still just trying to have sex with me. Like, and I so like feel that because it's like a lot of people want to play this thing like, oh, you're posting a picture of you in a bathing suit and a cover up. You know, guys are just going to be in your DMs trying to hit. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's respectability politics, even for your sexuality as a right. woman. The idea that because when I was posting suits and covered up, guys are still just trying to hit. And there are guys now who are like trying to talk to me, trying to come and see me. So it's like. Whatever. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, remind them. So that's all that's been up for me. Okay. Now, what we're talking about today is therapy for black women and men. But because we're black women, we're gonna talk about our therapy experiences, uh, our thoughts on therapy before and after, and kind of just get into our little therapy tea, you know, for anyone who's considering it, who like is hesitant to it. Because what's funny enough, <coughs> one of my best guy friends, I was talking to him recently and he said that his wife was suggesting that he like see a therapist because he's just been kind of bummed out but like he doesn't really understand why mm-hmm. and he's like uh I don't know like what if it doesn't work and I'm like well you lost nothing <laughs> like you yeah. no, you're no worse off than when you started I was and like, it'll work if you have faith that it will work you right. have to go into it with a very open heart and an I think open even mind. if you're skeptical I think you can still get something yeah but there has to be like a level of skeptical I think mm-hmm. definitely like I know people that are extremely it's not even skeptical. It's just kind of anti it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you'll gain anything from that because your first session is typically just <laughs> you putting it all out on the table. Yeah. And so if you come at it with like a very, very, very guarded heart, it's going to be hard for you to even get to that destination. That's very true. And it's so funny because in all of my first, and we'll talk about it, in all of my first sessions, I'm crying. <laughs> in all of Always. my therapy first sessions. Always. <laughs> I've never had like a calm collective no, yeah, no, first therapy session. They're all me bawling. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's so funny because usually the next time I'll pop up and I'll be way like. <laughs> yeah, I know mine is always like, oh, she's really, we gotta, like, they probably make a note. Like, she cried hysterically and sobbed and laid down on the couch, session one. <laughs> session two, she came in and asked me if I wanted a cookie. <laughs> That's me too. I always come back like very composed. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just having a day, you know? So we're going to talk about therapy. And Crystal, the first question is, what are some misconceptions you had before going to, to a therapist? So the first time I went to therapy, I was very young. I was probably like 14 or 15. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And even I went actually before that when my parents separated when really? I was like six or seven because I used to have a speech impediment that was really bad and was developed from like trauma. I used to stutter. Yeah. Really? Like really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, girl. I never knew this. Um, so I went when I was super young, but the most recent time I can remember, I was like 14, 13, and I went because me and my mother had a very tumultuous relationship. And so first of all, I was nervous about just the idea that what was said in this room, quote unquote, would not be kept in the room. I was nervous that the person would like try to diagnose me with some mental illness or put me on like a hold or something. Those were all worries that I had. Um, the first thing did occur. Um, nothing stayed in the room. <laughs> when, you, when you say nothing stayed in the room. Like. So my first session, actually, my mom was with me. So it was like mm-hmm. family counseling. Okay. So I go in there dumb and like 
really pour out my heart and my mother is in there like nodding and smiling but then as soon as we got to the car and the door shut it was like a hurricane like oh no yeah very very traumatic (laughs) i think probably honestly from that i don't know if i would ever do like counseling with a spouse i would really have to be like it really? was not i would do it but i would do it fakely if that makes sense i would have to like it would take me a while to trust that what we said in that room we wouldn't carry with us i think there's a difference between carrying it with you and having a negative response to yeah. somebody opening up and like somebody but like imagine if you went to counseling with your mom and you really told oh, her what's on your that's, heart that's completely it different. wouldn't like but see i wouldn't carry that to a spouse i know my mom's unreasonable see i guess i would have to trust just being through that experience but anyway that was my first that was my misconceptions my first time what about you so the first time I went, this is my biggest fear kind of with therapy. I always have lived my life trying to think about if I wanted to run for office, would this hinder me? And it's a terrible way to live, honestly, personally. Even though like there aren't that many skeletons in my closet because of it, like it just is so stifling in a lot of ways. So yeah. like, um, and it's still always in the back of my mind, but it kind of got to the point where it's like, whatever. But so I always, my first worry was like, Will it say like depression in some like permanent record? Will it say like what will this stop me from being able to apply for jobs? And I noticed in um, I don't know if it's jobs or uh, medical records, but some some places will ask, have you ever been treated for? And I always say no, because it's none of your damn business. Right. And that's on HIPAA. (laughs) But like I that was my first fear of like, I don't want to be put in this box of being crazy. Yeah. Or being, you know, unstable. And not being able to achieve what I want to achieve later on because I went to seek therapy. And because there was a stigma. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so that was my biggest fear the first time I went. And so um, it's not held me back. So I'm glad that that didn't hold me back at all. Yeah. Um, so the second question I have is white or black, younger or older, does it matter to you? So I think... Um, for me, it's been a very interesting journey with all the different therapists I've been to. And by the way, before we even get too far into it, I know I say therapy and therapists like a little hillbilly. I'm trying my best to like enunciate or whatever right now. But if my twain comes out, my twain comes out. Girl, but it, I think itself. it's dependent upon like where you are and what you're going to therapy for. Hmm. So when I went to grief counseling, I remember my when my mom passed away, mm-hmm. um, I was 20 and my grief counselor was a 70 year old white man who had went back to call like had went back to social work school to get his like masters mm-hmm. and he was doing his hours and so for that though it didn't matter because he had lost so many people because he was so much older than me he right. had experienced grief in so many ways mm-hmm. that he was able to really speak to me and where i was in my position yeah now more recently i went to counseling or therapy for a heartbreak i went through a really rough breakup that really kind of the things that the man said to me during the breakup like i reminded him of my mom i was having characteristics of my mother it really shocked me to the core and like hurt me and like brought up some things mm-hmm. and initially at that time i started with a white counselor and she was very nice was no, she, she older young she was like middle age okay you know very sweet lady very nice but I wasn't receiving what I needed to receive all the way. Mm -hmm. And so then I did end up going to a black therapist. And I think like for that, I needed a black woman who was a millennial black woman to kind of get me through this experience. So I don't think it's a either or. I know some people are very pro, like I need to talk to somebody black. I need to have, for me, it's not necessarily that because I've had great experiences with both. That's true. So I've had three different 
therapists and slash counselors in my life. Um, the first time was in college um, when I was just, I should have known I had anxiety issues back then, but girl, I did not know. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later on in the episode. But the first time was in college when I was just overwhelmed. And she was a white woman. I don't remember what age. She was probably like middle age. And that was fine. You know, for what I was dealing with, that was fine. The second time was for depression. And she was a middle-aged white woman as well. And she was wonderful. It was, the root of that was my mother. She was wonderful with that. Um, The latest time, it was anxiety as well. But she also helped me to uncover all these other issues with uh, my perfectionism and different things. And she was a younger black woman and just amazing. So I think for this part of my life, I need, because I was also having some struggles with being um, in my 30s and not having achieved the romantic family goals I I set for myself. And so for this part of my life, I think I needed a black woman who was also closer to my age to be able to relate and speak to that. Exactly. And I think that's exactly what for me was kind of the same thing was the fact that I was dealing with and wanted to have a very honest conversation about my fear of like the statistics that Mm. this amount of black women don't get married. This amount of black women will end up single and talking to a white woman about that. She just was not going to be able to understand (laughs) that. Like someone who looks like me and was a part of this quote unquote, like statistic and stigma and all these things. And so I think that was definitely um, uh, something I really had to consider. And I remember I even texted you that like when I went, looking for my therapist because now there's so many resources too where like you can go and see pictures and mm-hmm. stuff. The picture I saw was a black woman. <laughs> oh yeah. But come to find out she owned her own practice where she has several counselors and therapists under her. And so who, she, yeah, she owned the building and like ran the business, but it ended up being a white lady that she handed me off to. And I was just kind of shocked because I knew like <laughs> the things I want to address definitely are like very much to like black women. Centered. Centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that completely get it. And I I completely agree. I feel like there are certain things where it's like anyone can help me, but there are certain things where it's like, I need to talk to a black woman. And even if the black woman doesn't help me as much, I need to have this space where I'm not having to defend my, how do I describe it? Like sometimes like, I don't want to say these things in front of a white person. Yes. I'm just not going to be. I can't. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable. Like it's one of those things where I have to keep this in the family. Like I can't show my (laughs) coattails to somebody who is not in the family. I can't be as vulnerable as I need to, which also makes me think, I don't I don't think I could have I could have had a black man yeah no me either I couldn't have it had to be very specifically a black woman mm-hmm. because yeah there was it's very much like okay I'm gonna keep the facade up for everybody yeah. else and like <laughs> therapy is the one place where you should not have to have that up at all you should be able to completely whatever you walk out into the world and feel like you have to quote-unquote present you should be able to say like no I don't have to present this anymore and so yeah you know what's weird or not weird but interesting so I was in a clubhouse room and the black men were saying that they felt more comfortable with black women of course because they're coddled <laughs> well no as a therapist because they felt yes. like well no let's sure. give them grace they felt like with the black men they still had to have that macho that macho that i have it together like it they don't feel as comfortable i guess breaking down or showing their true vulnerability with the black man you're right let me give them grace so- i can definitely understand that right because like women are seen typically perceived as like nurturers mm-hmm. versus men it's like masculine energy so right I see that. and, and that i guess they don't sense. want another man to feel like they're a punk or you know they, yeah. they maybe they're afraid of being judged more which yes very interesting because i can that- never see myself having a black male therapist never never <laughs> <laughs> no shade to the black males i'm happy for black yeah. males in therapy i think it's wonderful possibly it's possibly a counselor possibly yeah possibly but um, as a personal individual, like a, a, 
uh, what is it called? Relationship counselor. Oh, yeah. If yeah. it was like me and a spouse, I yeah. definitely would consider that. I think that would be helpful because I also feel like he might be better able to speak to my spouse. Uh-huh. And know? to me, quite honestly, as well. That's true. So, yeah, for that. But individually, no tea, no shade. I need mm-hmm. my black woman. Now, I know you brought up anxiety. So, let me ask you this. Have you... So, has there ever been experiences where, like, you go to counseling and they tell you that you might need to get on medication? Girl, yes. <laughs> okay. So, the funny thing is, the first two times I went to therapy, that wasn't even an option for me. Like, I was like, I'm not doing nothing. Okay. So, we just <laughs> have to talk this out. Okay. Um, the last time, I went in knowing I might need medication. <laughs> really? I went in knowing, like, listen, y'all might need to put me on something. So, how did you get to that place where you were ready to accept before somebody had to, like, tell you? I had hit such a rock bottom in my like anxiety that I was like either someone needs to prescribe me something or I might go find something and that's when I knew like okay it's time like yeah I had hit such a desperation in like my anxiety that I was like and I was still nervous because my big hang-up was I don't even like to take medicine like regular medicine like even if I'm cramping unless I'm in extreme pain I won't take painkillers like I try to just like grind it out like even and until like I had a medical friend tell me like I have to stop doing this like even for antibiotics I used to never finish my pack yeah and he's like you can't do that that's not that's dangerous so I stopped doing that but like I don't like taking medicine I don't like feeling dependent on any substance Mm -hmm. I always am afraid I don't want to be addicted to anything so I um when I brought up those concerns (laughs) to my black therapist she was like Ma'am, you're 30 years old. If you had an addictive personality, it would have pre- presented itself already. Like, yeah, that's you're true. Not, you're typically not going to be the type to become addicted. And what we're going to prescribe you isn't even going to be something that you'd be addicted to. Um, so that was my fear. But I was also open. And the crazy thing is, I was so dramatic. I sent like a group chat to like my, I, we have a family group chat. And I was like, hey, guys. Um, I think I'm gonna get on some medication for my anxiety. Just pray for me. I'm very nervous about it. <laughs> and like, so I sent out this whole thing because I was really nervous about it and also afraid that like, so even um, so I genetically have high cholesterol, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I I was diagnosed with high cholesterol when I was 19 in college. Wow. And I was like a like slim little thing in yeah. college, right? Um and. She was like, you have really high cholesterol. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Like, we might, you know, there's medication you can get on, blah, blah, blah. There's, do you have a history of high cholesterol? And I was like, I don't know. So I called my mom. She's like, yeah, we all have high cholesterol. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my sister, you know, my sister's always been really fit, really, like, big on fitness. I was like, do you have high cholesterol? She's like, yeah, I have high cholesterol, too. Like, my grandma has high cholesterol. My aunt, Like, I don't know why. But all yeah. the women in my family, regardless of, like, wow. weight, whatever, we all have very, very high cholesterol. It's just genetic. And so she's like, don't get on that medication because you'll have to stay on it for life. Like, mm. don't get on it. So my mom told me that. And so I've just been anti anything that I have to stay on for life, mm-hmm. which is why I don't like taking allergy medicine, anything where it's like it's not going to resolve itself. And that's kind of how I looked at like medication for like anxiety or for med- um, for mental health issues. And so but which is wasn't the case. Which wasn't the case at all. Like, once I got to a certain place, I felt comfortable, like, not taking it as often or not taking it at all, you know? So, that was my issue with medication. What about you? I know you had some issues. Yeah, mine. (laughs) I mean, to be quite frank, I'm still not all the way comfortable with it. Really? Which is crazy, I think. um... Girl, I pop an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety, okay? I have no problems. Yeah, see, I think, um, for sure, when I went through my recent breakup, it's not even recent anymore, y'all, but the most recent... (laughs) breakup that I went through that was like from a real relationship 
I was really heartbroken. I was in a very bad space. I remember one day calling Chizzy. I'm like in my cubicle sobbing. And I was like, I might need to go to a hospital. Like I might need to get checked in. I was just so sad. And I was so sad about just a lot of things that the ending of that relationship represented, mm. represented as well as like my 30th birthday being mm. right around the corner or had already happened. And so um, I was going to counseling, but I went to my general practitioner. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really sad. Like, I remember crying <laughs> at the doctor's appointment. <laughs> and so she right away was like, here's an anti-anxiety. Here's an antidepressant. We'll come back in a week. Well, and so she was ready to give me all the pills, right? And I was like, oh, no, because in my head, it was, first of all, the stigma of, like, you said, what if I run for office? What if this gets leaked one day and people find out I was on an antidepressant or an mm. anti-anxiety? What if, and just, even the name, I remember, like, stuff like, I don't even want to hear the name Zoloft. I don't want to have to tell somebody <laughs> I, take, I take Zoloft. I don't have to tell somebody I take um, Valium, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to have to say these words. Mm-hmm. And I was super against it, um... For that, and then just to the fear again of like it being something that for the rest of my life I would have to take. I wouldn't learn how to cope with things yeah. on my own. Um, the fear of it making me feel so good mm. and then me not feeling good after. Just things like that. So I was very nervous. Um, I did get prescribed both, and I actually only ended up taking the anti-anxiety because it's like take as needed. Mm-hmm. But even that was such a blessing to me in hindsight. Like I see the difference so much when I do take it, which is so funny because one thing my therapist said, which stood out to me, which is so true. She's like, "This is just one tool. This is not going to solve your problems yeah. in your life. You are not going to be completely happy and whole just because you start taking this medication. It's just one tool to use in your arsenal. We're trying to just build a toolbox." And that is so true because it's not like you start taking medication and automatically your life is just amazing and like you have no coping skills. Like, no, there are still all these other tools, which I need to definitely go back because I've forgotten how to implement certain other tools that she taught that are very helpful with like dealing with um, dealing with the anxiety and all these other things. So it's not how I thought before where it's like, oh, this is going to make my life better. And once I'm off and I'm going to feel like completely different and, you know, not yeah. at all. Like. That is something that I feel like is, is, and no one, like, I never knew anyone who was on anxiety medicine or any type of mental no, health medicine. No, or they told that you told it was you about shameful. It. Yeah. I mean, even, I have one friend who has had a very long road of, like, mental health struggles, and I realize now that she is the friend that we all go to when we start to have our own struggles, mm. because she, like, couldn't hide the fact that she had to get on medication and manage certain things yeah. you know like so i've noticed like she told me when she's like literally every single one of y'all in this group chat has come to me separately and asked me about medication <laughs> she's like i just want you because she's like y'all are trying to hide it and it is the shame of it so that's funny too like yeah i didn't know anybody but no i did know plenty of people that's so they just weren't honest just, about it yeah they don't talk about it and that was me too like i think that's what's also kind of helped me is like in general, I tend to live my life, like, very out loud. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, if you ask me how my day is going, I'm not the type to be like, girl, it's great. Everything's perfect. I'm like, you know what? It sucks. Today I cried. And so, but for the medication, I was like, oh, I can't tell anybody this. This right. got to be a secret, honey. And, like, walking in that truth, I mean, I would say, like, oh, you know, I'm on anti-anxiety pills now. Like, And I even thought about that with, like... If I start dating someone and it gets serious, am I going to have to tell them, like, hey, sometimes I'm on, I'm on anti-anxiety medicine. Sometimes Girl, the way I, take... I tell them out the gate. <laughs> the funny thing is now I don't even care. It's like, oh, yeah, I take anti-anxiety medicine. Yeah. I have anxiety um, issues. I'm prone to anxiety. That's how I like to put it. Because I am. Yeah. Like, so you need to know this off top. And honestly, I've, I've never met anyone who cared. And if they did care, you're not for me. Like, it's yeah. not even. And it's like, do you want to deal with me when I'm... <laughs> 
having one of these moments where I have created 15,000 scenarios of terrible things, that's not the crystal that you want. That's not the enjoyable crystal, no, trust me. So. No. And honestly, it makes me also realize the man that I'm with has to be open to therapy. That Absolutely. is a deal breaker I didn't even think about until it's like, you have to be able because I feel like every black person in America, every person needs therapy, but especially black people in America yeah. need therapy. So like you have to be open to therapy. Now, another question that I had to um, figure out, and this is, tells you how deeply <laughs> I was in it when I was in it, therapist or psychiatrist or both. You know, it's crazy. I really still don't. The psychiatrist can prescribe you stuff, right? Yes. See, I still don't really get the concept. I don't think I've ever been to a proper psychiatrist. I've only ever been to, like, therapist mm-hmm. and, like, maybe psychologist. Mm-hmm. But I've never been to somebody that could, like, write me the prescription there. Normally, I've had to go to somebody that's, like, a therapist. Mm-hmm. And then they route me to somebody to go in for one session to get a prescription. Or, again, my general practitioner, which is terrible. I mean, <laughs> I'm terrible because a doctor can write a prescription. I mean, yeah, but I just don't think she should be. Like, I see you for, like, a physical and, like... A shot, like my flu shot. I don't know if you should be giving me antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine. I think maybe you should be like, I'm going to refer you to somebody Mm. that you can have. You know, just in my personal opinion, like this lady, like I barely see her, honestly. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I'm not, so it's like, girl. (laughs) But, so that's also too, I didn't have to go because I got my medication not from a therapist or a psychiatrist. I got it from my general practitioner who was just like, here you go, honey. So would you see a psychiatrist? Yeah. For sure, because I don't see the difference at that point. Girl, I have a black one for you whenever you're yeah. ready. And the thing that I like, if you ever need um, FMLA, not that I don't know if a therapist probably could handle it, but you need a doctor. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if they could do that. Where your psychiatrist can definitely do that, right? Yeah. So I started with the therapist, and I also signed up for a psychiatrist. And you know, when I was going, when I was feeling that type of way, I felt kind of guilt. Having, like, this luxury of having, like, a therapist and a psychiatrist. Well, I don't know if you felt guilt. At first, you were, like, saying it kind of like it was bougie. And I might have made you feel guilty because (laughs) I was like, this isn't like you're buying two designer bags. Like, it is a privilege and it is, like, a luxury but you should realize that it's a luxury that it shouldn't be a luxury for you everybody should have access to this and that was my only thing i felt 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 kind of over like am i being over dramatic am i being like am i having like a white woman moment like drama moment where i feel like oh i need all of this stuff you know what i mean because and i'm trying to remember why i decided to go to the psychiatrist i think i think because um i forgot why but um (laughs) I, I, it's because I kind of really wanted to add that medication to my toolkit. Uh, my therapist is amazing, but therapists don't, or at least mine does not. They can't. Yeah, yeah, they're not allowed to. They're not a doctor. And like my therapist, black woman, we black woman down over here. And it's so crazy and it's so interesting because it's like, unlike my therapist sessions where we go into all these different things, we go into different attachments, all these different things. My therapist session is not like that. She really just talks to me about like, what am I going through? How was my sleep? How was my energy? Have I been exercising? Have I been moody? How have my moods been? Have I been feeling like this? Have I been feeling like that? When did that start? How often am I getting hungry? Like, it's so interesting. Like she just goes into all these different questions. And then after she goes into those questions, then she recommends um, what, what she'd recommend, right? And then that was the first time. And every time we update or every time I need to see her again, she goes through those questions again. Yeah. She asks if I gained weight, if I've lost weight. 
and then she recommends what she'd recommend. And I think that's too why I haven't been super pressed to find a psychiatrist is because I feel like a psychiatrist really typically is not going to be the one that you're checking in with every two weeks. No. Like you typically only go to them when it is time to renew your prescription or reevaluate the medication that they've diagnosed you on. And I don't feel like that's like a holistic treatment in itself, right? Like you need the person yeah, that I is think going to be doing the... Usually, but she'll ask too, like, are you seeing a therapist? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important. Because I feel like I know a few friends who like they don't go to a therapist or a psychologist as long as well as a psychiatrist mm. they only are going to a psychiatrist to get their dosage and i just like that's not necessarily in my opinion i don't think that's the proper way to treat like mental health because i think especially depending on what it is because right. like for my anxiety and depression like if i'm not talking to somebody about and finding the other ways to cope mm-hmm. that is more consistent how am i growing yeah how am i allowing myself to evolve so, i yeah. completely agree i don't think I don't think I would have got the full benefit of being on medication if I wasn't also seeing a therapist. If yeah. I wasn't also seeing someone who was helping me learn how to cope and learn the um, origins of why I was having these issues. So I Exactly. Think, I think for me, but it might be different, right? So if someone is bipolar, that might be a different situation. If someone has different mental health needs, I could see why, like if they literally just have different imbalances, then maybe all they really need is a psychiatrist because it might not be rooted in anything, you know, subconscious or any trauma or anything like that. So I can see in that case why they would just do a psychiatrist. Yeah. But for me, I definitely needed both. Yeah. And I think both was like the best game plan for me. And I just love that like, yes, like I, there's something about like caring for yourself in a way that like, you don't see in the media, especially as a black person, and yeah. in a way that like you know that your parents didn't care for themselves, and just loving myself and taking care of myself just makes me feel so good. And I think that goes back too to the idea of like self care, not just being the pretty things that people mm. talk about. It's not just a bubble bath with candles lit. <laughs> it's not just that. Sometimes self care, if you have the means to, and that's a big exclamation point or like asterisk. Obviously, the things we're discussing, there's a privilege inherently in it. The yeah. fact that. All I had to do was call Blue Cross and figure out who I could go to, like, and 90% of the people take my insurance. Yeah. Like, so I'm very much aware of that. But there's also been times where I wasn't, I didn't mm-hmm. have insurance. Like, when I went after my mother's passing, I had to find somebody that did non-insurance and did a sliding scale based off of income. Right. So it's really important to also just, like, use your resources. Um, and even, I love finding out, I forgot what it is. But there's a work program that um, will cover. So at first, when I started going to my therapist, um, I would be paying every session. I forgot if it was twenty or forty dollars, one of those. And then um, I think she was like, "Oh, looking to see because it was mostly work related." She's like, "Look to see if your job has this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't remember the name." And I called her like, "Yeah, we do. We'll cover ten sessions." And, and so- there's so much that you want to learn about. <laughs> your job's not going to necessarily tell you. Sometimes you have to really be very proactive in mm-hmm. speaking with your human resources and finding out those things and um i think that's just so important and when um covid came back because i went back during covid and they're like oh we're extending how much we'll cover so we'll even cover more so like then i'm not even paying a copay at that point right you know i'm literally just going for my psychiatrist i still pay girl that is not a cheap yes yeah, psychiatrists are very a pop i think maybe more like each visit girl somebody's gonna curse you out in the comments but oh. 50 dollars is gonna be a penny compared to these people that have to pay out of pocket oh oh well for a copay to me it's like i'm paying every every two weeks and i'm yeah. still gonna come here and pay you 50 dollars <laughs> like i think i paid 75 dollars for a letter i was like yeah. ma'am excuse me but i get it but it's still such a blessing and such a privilege so crystal take us through i know you said you started when you were 14 which is crazy to me and so cool because oh. i i 
honestly, um, depending on like my child's issues, I would love to start my children in therapy at a younger age. Oh yeah, I, I think it's so important. I'm very privileged in the sense of like my mother truly was like for everything that for all the rocky points, my mom was an amazing, amazing mother, very open minded, very like didn't want to recreate the same trauma that she might have grown up with. You know, mm-hmm. she like really was progressive in that sense. So yeah, like 13 and 14, I started going to counseling. That was cool. I went for a couple of months, I think, maybe a year. But then I think my mom got re-diagnosed with cancer or something. Like, a lot started happening. So then I didn't go. Then I... Also, this is terrible, but this is another experience. So I was about to get kicked out of college. (laughs) So we had to come to Houston, drop all over to find a therapist to write me a letter that I was depressed. Horrible. We found somebody. This lady wrote it first for $300. Like, a whole scam. I had never met this lady in my life. But anyway, not that's enough about her. Um, so yeah, but then I like went to um so then I took like a long break. Then my mom passed away. And even that I didn't start counseling right away after the death of my mom. Really? It took me probably like six months, maybe even more. I, no, it took me longer because I got kicked out of college. <laughs> I came back to Houston and then I realized like, okay, you probably need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. because I had been doing so much to distract from grief. And so that was really good. It was a lot. And I think the biggest lesson from that area of therapy was the fact like sometimes when somebody passes away, you not only grieve the loss of the person, but you also grieve the loss of the relationship you hope you would have had eventually, especially if it's not a great relationship. Yes. And I think that's something that's not talked about enough is like. If you don't have the best relationship with your dad or with your mom or with your sister mm-hmm. and they pass away, you have to grieve the loss of the person as they are. And then you also have to grieve the loss of like, we all in the back of our mind sometimes hope that like, well, maybe in two years, right. things will switch up. The dynamic will be different. We'll right. have a different connection. And so therapy in that time taught me how to let go and grieve both of those and also how to forgive myself for whatever guilt I felt like I had as far as like not being the best daughter at the time xyz but again that was related to like also learning how to set boundaries about how I expected to be treated so that Mm -hmm. was very good and then again most recently I went to therapy for a breakup and that just taught me I mean that was so much deeper than a breakup it was about the fact that I had this timetable of my life in my head, me not being able to stand up for myself, me staying with partners just because I wanted to be married or I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. not rock the boat, being a people pleaser. So that also taught me a lot. I, girl, <laughs> those are all my little therapy sessions. I'm probably forgetting something. So you've gone to, so was, is it two different? So wait, you, you're the, when you were a child and then when you lost your parent and uh-huh. then after your breakup. Yes. Okay, so we're both three for three. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I won't count like speech therapy, child therapy, because no. I was so little. And it was like speech therapy mixed in with like regular therapy, but the main point was to like help with my speech impediment and help me get over my parent separation. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So I've gone three times as well. My first time was in college. I think it was junior year. I was the president of NAACP at my college. And I was just so overwhelmed, like so overwhelmed. I, great thing about our college, like our, 
I just remember you can get on the little um, health, whatever, schedule an appointment, show, like I scheduled an appointment and I showed up and I was just crying in this woman's office. I was just, I'm overwhelmed. I don't think I'm going to get into law school. I don't think I'm going to, da, 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 da. I was just crying, 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 bawling. And like, <laughs> she just helped me. Like, I think she suggested medication. I was like, no, I don't want medication. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, well, come back, you know, in a week. And we were just talking about different things. And I came back next week and I was like, yeah, hello. And she's like, oh, you seem to have had quite a turnaround. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I feel it's much better. It's like five minutes before the next session is. And it's like, always coming back out, girl. <laughs> and she's like, this is, this is very extreme. And I was like, yeah, I just, you know. <laughs> but she did help me, like, walk through, even though we didn't get to a lot of the roots, she helped me walk through, like, one thing she taught me is, um, I forgot the name of it, but basically... It's like basically a what then method because I was so afraid of all these possibilities, right? I was so afraid of not being a success, whatever I thought that was. I was like, you know, I'm not, what if I don't get into law school because these grades? She's like, okay, but then, then what? I was right. like, you know, then I don't know. Like, what if I, what am I going to do? Like, what if I can't find a job? She's like, then what? And I was like, you know, what if I end up homeless? She's like, would you end up homeless if you can't find a job? I was like, no, I could probably go live with my siblings. And not to my... cut you off, but I'm so grateful that you mentioned that because honestly, you taught me that. Mm. And so you passed that to me and it has been such a blessing to me with my so own anxiety. Good. I feel like I say this to myself quite often about everything. Like when I bought my house, I remember thinking like, okay, so you buy this house, you get fired tomorrow. Then you'll just be fired and then you'll just get evicted. <laughs> and then it's just... And just like because being able in to your like, mind, yes, when is... you don't think it out, you just think horribleness, right? But when you think it out practically, like, okay, then what? I'll probably just go live with someone. Like, yeah. that's not... <laughs> And it's like, just go through, yes, all the horrible things that quote unquote could happen. Let's play it out. Mm-hmm. Give yourself it. You're still alive, right? Yeah. I'm not going to be on, like, honestly. And it's funny because in my mind, I'm like, I'll be on the streets. And it's like, honestly, literally, there's a 0.05 chance of me ever being on the street. Like, it just is not going to happen, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm worried. But, like, in the worst case scenario, it's not that bad. Right. I just didn't have what I wanted. And so it's not worth the anxiety that I have. And so she did teach me those great things, right? The second time I went to therapy, I'll never forget. So I was in law school <laughs> during the day. And I was, um, no, I was in working full time and I was in law school at night. And I had been gaining weight. <laughs> I was, God bless my sister, right? Because my sister, she was in a great place in her life. And she would call me all the time and want to talk. And I was so like, I don't want to talk. Uh, can I get off the phone? Can we talk later? I was so negative. I was so like, oh, like so annoyed every time she called. Never wanted to talk. Um, and she told me one time around Thanksgiving, I was like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to see mommy. And she's like, hey, I think you're depressed. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I think you're depressed. I think you need to go talk to someone. And I was like, I'm not depressed. I just don't want to see mommy. No one wants to see mommy. And she's like, yeah, outside of that, I really feel like you are depressed. And like a couple days later, just hit me like, you know what? She might be right. And so God bless those people in your life because she was the catalyst for me um, signing up for my therapist. I still remember her name. Great woman. And my therapist helped me. Like I was having so much anxiety about work, about school, but really she helped me um, dig into the issues I had with my mother because um, it's crazy because I know to you and to Lisa, I'm like such a strong, like good boundaries, good cutting off. But even then I was having such a hard time with boundaries with my mother. Like growing up. I think that's the hardest line you have to draw on the sand. In your life. With a mother, like I don't think there's any, 
I try to imagine, and as long as I've lived on this earth, 31 years, there has not been any other relationship that has been as hard as the lines that you have to draw with the mom. Especially when you have one who is manipulative and narcissistic. Yes. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's incredibly hard. And one who puts herself in situations where you feel like you need to help them, right? Yeah. But then you can never give them enough help. It's never enough, right? And especially being Nigerian, there's a culture where it's like you always have to do for your parents. You always have to like listen to them. You always have to give to them like, or you're a bad daughter. So yeah. I was, I had a, so much weight from feeling like, and then also even in my faith, I'm like, you're supposed to honor your parents. So I had so much weight on me feeling like I'm being a bad daughter. I can't have any boundaries. I have to honor her. I have to do all these things and it's destroying me. And so my therapist then really helped walk me through boundaries, really helped walk me through being okay saying no, Real, like saved me because mm-hmm. I was just in despair because I was also worried about my mother and like her well-being and not being able to control her making good decisions, right? Right. And so it's so much weight on you and on your mind because you want good things for these people, but you can't control it. And so she really walked me through. And then she also helped me with my weight journey. And like, because it was coming up, like, what I feel like happens for people who aren't into drugs, aren't big partiers, aren't huge drinkers, usually what we turn to is food, right? Or lighter vices, quote unquote. So it's like, because, and also I wasn't having sex, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing any of these other things that people usually do to numb. So what I turn to to numb is food. And so she really helped me with that. And I remember <laughs> when we went to Puerto, not, not Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, <laughs> we went to the Dominican Republic, bruh, and Crystal and Lisa told, called my sister and told her that I was eating obs- incessantly after the trip. And I didn't know this until my sister called me and she's like, hey, are you okay? Because, you know, Crystal and Lisa are worried about you by the way you were eating. And it was like my first time at an all-inclusive resort. It was like I was on vacation. I don't know. I probably was eating incessantly just to be 100. But I just was so offended. I was so upset. I was just going through all these emotions. I was so embarrassed. I thought I felt like I would never talk to them again. Yeah, in hindsight, I would never, ever do that again. <laughs> I would have talked to her directly. And so I do apologize for that still. But Girl, you're fine. it was just then, you know, I've, it's been a long road for me to handle confrontation. confrontation. <laughs> but no, it's so good. Having her was so good because she helped me, like, you know, yeah. navigate through that. I and I think like, it was possibly something linked to like being because I know when I'm depressed, mm-hmm. I'm oh, gonna yeah. eat like it ain't oh, yeah. nothing. Oh, for so sure. I'm like, it was just like, and it's funny how me and you, I think our friendship is so interesting because we really will like ping pong through different situations. Yeah. And at different times of life, right? So like at that time, you were just the one to go first. Mm. Your ball, your ball left the court first. But there's been other times where it's like my ball left the court first, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's the thing too. Like now. Looking back, I completely can not only acknowledge where you might have been, but I've been there as well. Right. And I know what that feels like. Right. right? Girl, it's a place to be. And the last time I was in therapy, um, it was, I went there because of my job. My job is highly stressful. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. (laughs) Very, very stressful. And I was just getting to such a high point of anxiety where I just did not know what to do with myself. This, it was the first time, just to keep it 100, it was the first time I've ever considered recreational drugs. Yeah. In my life. 
And it was the first time where I was, and not even like weed. Like I was like, thank God I don't know where to buy drugs from. Because if I knew where to buy drugs from, I would just pull up and be like, what do you have? I need, like, I I was so overwhelmed. Yeah. That I was like, I can't cope. I need something. And it was the first time I understood why people use drugs. Mm Because I was always like, why would you use drugs? You know, there are all these bad side effects. You know, like, you age, you're dependent on this thing. Like, why would you want to use a drug? But it was the first time I was like, oh, I completely get it. I completely get why someone would want to use a drug. Like, completely understand. And so it was so bad that I ended up going to it there. And you know what's also so funny? Do you remember how long it was take, how hard it was for me to get someone to write me back? Yeah. I had, like, emailed, like, three or four people. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but, like... They are just not responsive. So, And fun. I think they're very in demand, too. I think a lot yeah. of people, you know, I think the blessing of this generation is that we do go to counseling, honey. Mm-hmm. We're going to go sit on somebody's couch. Listen, <laughs> I, I even tried to go before studying for the bar, and everyone I contacted were like, oh, I'm booked out yeah. until, like, June. I'm booked out until July. Like, everyone was booked and busy, and I was contacting them in January and February. So it was really hard. Even my psychiatrist, the only way, way I got in was someone else, um, I went to like a clinic and he was like, oh, I know a psychiatrist. Tell her I recommended you. She'll and put you on the calendar. Yeah. That was the only way I got in because they they legit be booked, right? Yeah. So that's when I started seeing my black therapist lady who Crystal also sees until she was kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and she has been just a godsend. Helped me navigate so many issues with being 30, being single, with my job, which is so many things. Do you ever think it's weird that we go to the same therapist now? I, I don't think it's weird, but I also feel it's so funny because I talk about you. Like, I'll when she's like, do you have people you can talk to? I'm like, yeah, I talk to my friend Crystal every day. And I talked about you before you joined, right? Yeah. And then once you joined, it's like, oh, this is Crystal. Like, I yeah, I always wonder how she feels because I also, like... When she'll ask me certain questions about friends or relationships, I'll be like, well, you know, me and Chizzy. So then I felt bad. I was like, oh, this must be awkward for you. So I'm going like, to not say your name, but you're who I'm talking about. And that just always cracks me up. Okay, I have kind of a funny question that this just popped in my head. Okay. But has there ever been a moment you're in therapy and you say something and you're like, okay, this bitch is about to call the... <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? Like, because you seem like you're on the edge. Is that what you're saying? Like, Yeah, or you just say something that, like, you know is alarming. Because it takes a while, or maybe for me, it took a while for me not to fully, like, center myself in therapy. Like, I know what you don't want to hear, lady. So that's what I'm going to tell you. No, the funny thing is, I'm trying to think, did I ever tell her, like, the I almost consider drugs? I don't know if I ever told her that. But no, girl, I just be saying what I be saying. And it's like, listen... I don't think I need to be. I'm not going to harm myself or others. I know that. So you shouldn't need to put me anywhere. See, okay. So here's mine. I do have one. So one time I was sitting with our newest therapist. And she was like, yeah, have you ever thought about, like, harming yourself? And I was like, yeah, here or there. (laughs) I was like, you know, I feel like it's. That's not funny. Let's just hear it. I was like, you know, like, you never had those moments where you're just, like, at a stoplight. And you're like, what if I just press the gas? (laughs) Or, like, you're just, like. In the middle of a bathtub, you're just like, what if I just don't hold my head up? <laughs> and, like, I was saying it was like a straight... <laughs> I don't want anyone to feel like we are laughing at so hard no, because we are not. we're not. Because these are my honest feelings, yes. and I did have those moments. I was like, but I feel like that's totally... So I'm speaking with her, and I'm like, yeah, I feel like that's totally normal, though, right? <laughs> and she's like, No. <laughs> And so for me, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going in the fire. 
Oh, that's for sure in the file. That's in it's the like file. It's like in my file right now that I said the that. Fat. And I forgot all the examples I was giving her. It's like, you never just think like you're just at a red light and you're just like, what if I just press the gas? Or like, you're never like walking into a parking garage. You're on the top floor. And you're like, what if I just keep walking off the side? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so anyway. Wait, how did y'all round up that conversation? I forgot. She was like, that's, and then I had to like, be like, but I mean, I'm not going to kill myself. Like I would never do it because I'm just so afraid of like not experiencing my life. Don't worry about that. I was, she was like, I mean, I just, that's not normal. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well. And I think we just like pivoted to a different conversation. But that's, I just remember her. <laughs> and normally whenever anybody asks me that, no matter what, I'm like right away like, oh, no, absolutely not. I would never hurt myself or others. I'm perfect. But this time I was just like, well, I'm not being a pretend. You don't ever think about walking off the side of the cliff? <laughs> and she was just like, uh. But yeah, so that was one moment where I was like, woo, this is awkward. <laughs> She's definitely gonna write this down. <laughs> oh, she 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 wrote it down for sure. Yes, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, so my last or our last question for the day: What has been the best benefit to you of going to therapy? Girl, I mean, first of all, taking anti-anxiety medication mm-hmm. that has helped me so much. I mean, when I think about all the times that I have needed to. Just all the time in my life before, probably two years ago when I got prescribed it, that there were times where I was spiraling out of control and all I had to do was have like taken medication to help myself calm down. That's number one. Number two is forgiving myself. Um, I think that I have learned how to forgive myself about so many things because of counseling. Oh, good. I carried a lot of guilt and shame about just different things like not being the best daughter to my mom before she passed away or feeling like I wasn't, but realizing there were so many other layers to that. Um, number three is setting health, healthy boundaries. Um, 